Okay, today's daf is Shabbos daf Kuf Mem Gimel. We're on Kuf Mem Beis Amud Beis. The two dots about twelve lines up from the bottom. Amarav Oishaya. So the previous Mishnah said Moishal Kikar. If you had money on a pillow, so you shake off the pillow. So once we mention this, we're going to get into the discussion of Muksa. So you have Mo. Do you hear me? Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. Have to mute everyone again. Mute. Okay, so you left your wallet outside, you left it in the chatzar, and there's money in there. Expensive. So, but it's muksa. So, what do you do with it? So he says, You take a piece of bread or a child, or as the Chazanish explains, anything, take something that's not muksa. Well, and you can use that item. They could pick up both together. How does that work? When I'm only dealing with my non-muksa item, we view the muksa part as irrelevant. So this seems like a, a wild stretch. And halakhali, we don't pass like this. <laughs> you can't just take, you know, take a book and then you could carry your, your phone. You can't do that. So, that, but that was the first opinion. Amrav Yitzchak Shachach Levein Abachatz. He left an expensive brick. How expensive? It just says he left a brick in the chatzir. Maniach Kiko, you put a loaf of bread on it. You put a challah roll. Now you can move it. On Shabbos, Amrav Yehuda Bar Shila, Amrav Asi, Pam Achas Shachu Diskia. Once uh, we left a uh, sack of uh, a leather sack that Malaya Mois Bistratia was full of money, and we left it in the Rishus Rab Bistratia in the highway. Ubal Veshalos Abirchan. They asked Abirchan, "What do we do?" Varmelahen Abirchan responded, "Hinichu Ala Kikaratinik. Put something on the wallet, Tulua, and you can move it." So the truth is, there's really two issues here. Issue number one is Moksa, and that okay, if you rely on this Kikaratinik, you get out of it. What about carrying? So Rashi uh, goes into that. As we spoke about yesterday, Shraggy, with Pachis, Taladalad, trying to find some heter of how you're allowed to actually get it from one place to the other place when you have money in the Rishul Sarabim. Next, Amar Marzutra, Hilchasak Chohani Shemaitasa. We pass like this that you're allowed to use a loaf of bread, put a challah roll on top of your wallet, and then you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. I'm sorry. I skipped. Only Only when you left the wallet out by mistake. But if you put it there on purpose, now you can't start moving it. So if it was, a, it was an emergency, an accident, then it's fine. Even when you forgot it, we're only makol. Uh, uh, we're not just makol when it comes to uh, forgetting something. We're only makol uh, only when there's a, there's a dead body. We had this way back in the, the story of David Melech when, when he was Nifter, and Shlomo Melech was trying to figure out what to do with his father's uh, body. So that's the only time we'll invoke this heter of kikaratina. Other than that, Rav Ashi says we do not invoke this concept of kikaratinak. So Abai, and then we have two stories here. Abai, a monarch, kapa, akipi. He would put uh, a spoon on top of these bundles of, of grain, and he would move the grain with a spoon. Meaning, you wouldn't actually move the grain with your spoon, but you move the grain because they have a spoon on top of it. Okay? Rabba, monarch, sakina, abayoni. He put a, a knife on top of this pigeon meat that was raw, and nobody would eat it. And it's muksa, he would still move it with, with, with having a knife on top. So, obviously, not going with Rav Ashi. Rav Ashi said he can only use this when we're dealing with Kavra Mace. If you have a dead body, you want to move it from place to place, then you could use the Kikarotinik. Rav and Abai are going like Rav Ashi or the earlier uh, Amiram that said you're allowed to use a Kikarotinik, use a non muksa item. Here it's a knife or a spoon, and you're allowed to move muksa items. 
So I'm a Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef said, well, hold on a second. Kama harifa shmaitisa to Dardiki. How sharp is the teaching of the Dardiki? You young children, he called the Bayan Rabbi young children. You're so uh, sharp. Amor da Amorabana, when the Rabbanan say allowed to move muksa by putting a spoon on top, that's Bishekeach when you forgot there, when you left it there. So a person is nervous, his wallet is going to be stolen, he, let, he lost it outside by mistake, then it makes sense to use this heter. But you want to just move grain from one place to the other place, you want to move uh, raw chicken, what, what are you doing? Lechatchila mi Amar, did they say you're allowed to do that when you don't need to do it? So Amarabaya, Abaya said the truth is these things are not muksa. They're not really. What? Why can't you just answer that he also forgot these things? It sounds like these things are not so expensive. Like it sounds like. Hefsi. I forget to know. That's not good. Is it a shaykh or is it a lechakila? I left it on purpose. Right. So you're right. The the Gemara's lush makes it sound like that. But if you look at look at Rashi, Rashi says. Rashi says what you're saying. Uh, you put it there, right? Also, um, so it's not like it's not like it's not Look at the next Rashi, uh, two, two lines down. Amor, Amor Rabbanon, when the Rabbanon say you're allowed to do it, Ba'arniki, with a wild, Udesaki Maniach, Kikaratinok, that's Beshicha, Vamakam HaTorfa, Umishim Hefsin Maman. There, there's going to be a loss of money there, because the, those situations where you had a wallet, you had a purse with money in it, if I leave it the whole shop, it's going to be a loss of money. Here you have bundles of grain, and no one's taking it. because you leave it in your driveway the whole day, no one's going to take it. You're right, the Gemara's Lashon doesn't make any sense, but it doesn't fit. The Gemara's Lashon is versus Lechatchila. But essentially what the Gemara is asking is, the, the header of Kikaratinak, even if, according to those that are Mako, that's only when it's coming to save you money. Hefsin uh, Maruba. But you have, you have grain or uh, you know, pet food, we're not concerned for it. So Amr Abayah Abayah responded like this. Really, this bundle of grain was not muksa, and I really could have moved it with my hands. Why did I choose to, in, to use this spoon on top of it? I wanted to be extra machmer, so that people should not start learning heterim from me. Amr Abayah, he loved Adam If I wasn't the Adam Chashev, and he's talking about how people perceive him, and therefore Adam Chashev in public has to be a little more machmer, because if people see him being mekel, not taking muksa seriously, they themselves won't take things seriously. So kama akifi lamali. Kapa akifi lamali. Why would I need to, if I wasn't Adam Adam why would, I put a sp- why would I need a spoon on top of bundles in order to carry it? The bundles are not muksa. You can sit on them. So you're really allowed to move it without the spoon. People are not going to realize these bundles are, 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 are not muksa. They might think it's muksa. So if I use a spoon, then I'm, I'm actually adding to what I'm doing. And it could be Rav Yosef was bothered that it, <laughs> then they think that you can move everything with a spoon. It doesn't help, right? But either way, that, that was what Abai was saying. Amarava, Ani, Ana, the same thing. If I wasn't Adam Chashev, Sakina Abai Why would I need a knife to, to uh, help me carry the raw, the raw, Yarna, the raw, the raw pigeon. It's not moksa because you could chew on it. People eat uh, raw chicken, I guess that's what they did back in the day, and therefore it's not moksa. So why did Rav and Abaya use a kikir atinak so that people should not uh, look at them and like, oh, these Rav and Abaya are not taking moksa seriously. So even though those things were not moksa, they added this extra precaution of a spoon or by using an, a knife. Rav Shachter says that uh, that's, you know sometimes if you're a rav, so then you have to 
if you're making on certain things in public, then people, the Baal Batam, will take it a step further. He says that a, a Rav should not speak uh, during davening, let's say, between Bengava Lagavra. He says, if you speak Bengava Lagavra, your Baal Batam are going to speak during laning. It's very interesting. I'm not a Rav, I'm just a Rosh based Medrash. But, uh, <laughs> but, he, uh, but it, it's based on this Gemara that Adam Chash of Shani in public, if, if people view that you're not taking things uh, uh, seriously, Halacha seriously, so then they themselves will end up being make. Okay, so time was the Haminuas, they thought this raw chicken was Muksa and the Maskanis is not Muksa? Right, right. Basically, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Mar says, Taima, the Chazil Umsa. Sounds like the only reason why Rava was makel, that this chicken, we'll call it chicken, it means a, it's a dove uh, meat. The Chazil Umsa, because you could chew on it, but if I was not able to chew on it, so then it would, it would, uh, it would be Muksa. Remember the Rava Krabi, who this really? You're telling me that Rava goes like Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that these things are Muksa, that even though it's edible for, for uh, animal consumption, since in the beginning of Yantif, or Shabbos, it was... It was um, set aside for human consumption. Now that you fin- now that you can't, you, you won't be able to eat it. So then it's muksa for animals as well. Does Rava hold like uh, Rabbi Yehudah? I'm a Rava l'shamei. Rava told his servant Anyantif, "Tvili bar avza ushadimei l'shunara. Roast a uh, avza, a goose for me, and take the intestines and the kishkas and give it to the cat." What does that sound like? Even though. Uh, the kishkas are not edible. The humans won't eat it. It's still not muksa. So you see that according to Rava, he doesn't hold of muksa like Rabbi Yehuda. So why in this case does Rava have to respond? Chazil Omsa, I could have eaten it. Even if you wouldn't have eaten it, you would have fed it to your dog. So the Gemara says, Hasam, that case is different. The reason why you're allowed, to, the reason why Rava said you could send the intestines to the cat, because came in the Masrach, since it would spoil, if we have to wait until after Yantif to use it for something, it would spoil. So therefore, even before Yantif, when I shechted it, when I shechted before Yantif to prepare my goose for the day, right, for Yantif. So when I shechted it, I had in mind that this is not going to last past 24 hours. So then, even Rabbi Yehudu would agree, it is not moksa because the intestines are going to the cat and the, and the protein is going to... Uh, for human consumption. So Marcus Hachan, the Stavra, this also makes sense to Rav Krabi this really. I bring you another Raya that Rava goes to Rabbi Huda, who holds a Muksa, the Darash Rava, Rava Darshan once, Ishalatikanis la base eats him. A woman should not go into the wood uh, stock house. Lito mehen ud. She cannot take an ud. Ud is a, was a uh, was a spit or a um, a poker. She can't do that, meaning if you had a poker from before Shabbos, no problem. That's not muksa. But if you're taking a broken piece of wood and then use that as a poker, so that you cannot do on Yantif, that sounds like muksa because it wasn't prepared for this before Yantif. Next, Va'ud, Shanishbar, you had a, a, a poker that broke on Yantif. Asla Sika Biyantif, it now becomes muksa. Walafisha Masikin, Bekalem, you can use Kalem as firewood. Vein Masikin, Meshivakim, you can use broken. Kalem as firewood, since they weren't muchan before Shabbos for this use, it is called Nailad according to Rabbi Yehuda, which you don't pass him like, but Rava seems to pass him like him, as Rava is darshaning this. So Shmamina, that Rava in fact goes like Rabbi Yehuda and holds of muksa. So if something was not prepared for this use before Yantif, then it's called muksa, and it's a problem of Nailad. 
So Rava, in fact, goes like Rabbi Yehuda. Okay. Next Mishnah. Final Mishnah of this parak. Beishamah Aymerim. Beishamah say this. If you learned the Masechta's Beitzah, this is quoted in the first half in Beitzah. Beishamah Aymerim. Beishamah say like this. Ma'avirim ala shulchan at samay suklipen. So. You're allowed to, let's see, you know, you finish your meal, your shallow sugar's meal, and you have either uh, chicken bones or you have what the classic case today would be your sunflower seeds, shells, or your, um, what else, your pistachio nuts. So you're allowed to remove those from the table with your hands, pick it up and throw it in the garbage. Will be silimer, meaning it seems like there's no mux according to Beishamai. Will be silimer, no. Masalik is a tavla kuli. You have to pick up the entire tavla, means the, the table itself, the board. Today it will be a tablecloth. Will men and shake it. But you can't actually touch the shells with your hand. Okay? Problem of muksa. Next, ma'avirin, me'alashukhan, pirurin, pachas mikazayas. You're allowed to remove from the table, uh, let's see, crumbs. Breadcrumbs that are less than a kezayis, you'll have to remove them. The seyar shall afunim. And you had this, um, it's talking about a, uh, what is it, a pod of, of, uh, of beans, usara dashim, of these lentils. All these things are mutter mevnei So the Mishnah says, breadcrumbs or these, uh, the chaff from these uh, beans and, and uh, grains, you're allowed to move them off the table because they're not muksa. You could feed it to your animal. Next, Sfaig, let's see, he had a sponge. So the sponge was, you know, had, had water in it. And, and you would use it to clean off, to bust your table, to clean the table. So the question is, when I use it, am I going to squeeze it? So im yeshloi If it has a leather handle, that was the way they would, they would um, make these sponges. Then mekanachin boy, you could use it to clean your table. Vimlav, if there's no handle, why? Because then you're going to actually use your hands and you're going to end up squeezing it. Either way, we are not concerned that you could, uh, about muksa, no problem. And it's not makabotuma because Kabbalah's tumma is talking about kliyat, beget, or isak, and this is a sponge. It is not, doesn't fit the parsha of uh, and therefore, it's not, even though it's considered a keli and it's not muksa, it's still not makabotoma. Just by the way, we're not going to really get to this in the Gemara, but there's a discussion of, of uh, actually, well, we'll get to it in the Gemara. So hold on. Next, Amar of Nachman. Rav Nachman says, now this that we mentioned, that Beis Shammai is the one that's mako. Do you allow to take the leftover sunflower seeds, the shells, right, or the pistachio nuts? You allow to take it with your hands and put in the garbage on Shabbos, and Basil says, no, you got to pick up the table board or the table cloth. Switch it around. Basil is the one that's makele, that these things are not muksa. Since the pistachio nut was already muchan with the nut before Shabbos, even though you broke it off now, it is still not considered muksa, so Basil holds you could, in fact, take it with your hands. Basil says, no, you cannot. Next, Mavirin so we said you're allowed to move uh, breadcrumbs if they're pachos mikazayas. So the Gemara says, This is a proof to Rabbi Yechanan. Dama Rabbi Yechanan. Rabbi Yechanan says, this is going back to Masechta's brachos, perurin she'en behen kazayas. Let's see, you pieces of bread that are less than the kazayas. Asr la'abdon biyad. You cannot destroy it with your hand. So how does he see this from our Mishnah? Our Mishnah said, ma'avirin, you move it away. Off the table. It doesn't say 
uh, Zayrik, it doesn't say you chuck it or you, you throw it on the floor. So it must be that even if it's less than a kazayas, there's a, there's a special way how to treat bread. And it's Asr la Abdam yet, you cannot destroy it with your hands. Is that true for the. What is it? Is that true for the shaft also? No, it seems like only bread, because bread is like a hush of uh, dinner bread. Interesting. Maybe maybe the Mishnah uses the term ma'avirin because we're dealing with bread. You're right. I think that we're trying to ask the question. Um, pretty sure that we're trying to ask that question. That uh, mm-hmm. yeah, look at Tyson. Tyson's right here. Says it. The kosher, the reb, the rebbe. Right? So that's Tyson's Kasha. You'll see the see the tarots there. Very good. Okay, next. Sayer shall afunim. So you have this chaff of this uh, these beans, the pods. So halacha is the Mishnah says they're not muksa because you can feed it to your animal. So the Gemara says, Mani, who is the author of this Mishnah? It must be Rab Shimon, he the less than muksa. And it makes sense that the author was Rab Shimon, holds these things are not muksa. According to Rabbi Yehuda, since they weren't animal food before Shabbos, right? In your store, you have pet food oils, then you have, you have uh, regular uh, human consumption you know, oils. However, some products have a byproduct to it, that once I'm done, I have these shells, I'll give it to my dog. Fine. According to Rabbi Shimon, since it was always fit for your dog, it's not moksa. So you buy a, a bag of, uh, I don't know, of, uh, of nuts that, have, that come with the shell in it. Corn to Shimon, there's no problem. You eat the nuts and you give your the shells to the dogs. You can do it on Shabbos as well. Corn to Shimon, no. Since going into Shabbos, this was human food. Later on, I split it. I changed, you know, I, I divided it. So it's moksa. Okay. So who's the author of mission that says the, the chaff, the pods, they are considered muhan. It must be Rav Shimon. The last day moksa. Aim a safer, but the safer which talks about the sponges. There's another machlekes Rav Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda, famous machlekes regarding a davar sheni mishavin. There it says svoig when he had a sponge in the beisachiza. If there's a handle, you could use, you could, you, uh, you could, you could wipe the table from love. So who does that sound like? A son. The Rabbi Huda, It sounds like, according to Rabbi Huda, if it's going to squeeze something out, I'm using my hands. I don't have a handle. I'm not allowed to use the sponge. That sounds like Rabbi Huda. That a is aser. So the Gemara says no. When there's no handle, even Rav Shim would agree that if it's automatically going to happen, there is no. There, even Rav Shim would agree that one cannot use these sponges on Shabbos. Just two questions that come up with the sponge business on Shabbos. One of them would be brushing one's teeth. So if you look at the chuvas, so it's not fair. Sometimes you have to know some of the the mitzias, the background information before you look at some of the halachic writings. So, if you look at the earlier sources that discuss brushing teeth on Shabbos, so they talk about the old toothbrushes had, I think it was wooden bristles. It wasn't, it was, uh, it was thread. It wasn't, well, we have, we have synthetic. So, therefore, our, uh, what's it called? Bristles from our toothbrush, they don't absorb anything. There might be some water getting caught in it. So, the old chuvas say that there's a problem of squeezing something out. Today, according to most Pyskim, it, would, it, would no, it wouldn't be a concern of squeezing on your toothbrush. I asked, asked Rebelsky that Sal, if a person could brush his teeth with mouthwash. Now, there's, a, there's another concern regarding toothpaste. We'll discuss it at a different time. Is that called mimareach? Smoothing it on your, you're taking a solid and smoothing it out. So, let's see, you're, you're, uh, there's a halacha even when it comes to food. If you're trying to spread something evenly, 
There's a discussion in the Pais game. Is there marech ba'aychlin? Let's say I want to make a fancy liver uh, platter. I want to spread it a certain way. Machlekes nirama. Is there marech ba'aychlin? Toothpaste is not food. So there's a shayla. Is that called mimarech? Someone has suntan lotion. And I want to rub it on their body. Right? This is a shayla of mimarech. That's regarding toothpaste. But mouthwash is no mimarech. It's liquid. So can I brush my teeth with mouthwash? So he said, yes. I. what about squeezing? So again, the bristles are not going to, uh, they're not really catching too much water. And I said, you don't have any, uh, you don't have a mind to be squeezing anything. You don't need to squeeze anything. You're good to go. Similar shayla, using baby wipes in Shabbos. So again, another pasach from Abelski. Can a person use baby wipes on Shabbos? So he said, it depends. Most wipes, they are moist enough that without squeezing, you could get the job done. So therefore, even if you end up squeezing, it's called a davar shayna mishavin. It's not a psik ratio because you don't need it and it's not one that's going to happen. You're allowed to use baby wipes and shabbos. There's more to discuss than this. But halacha lamaisa, next time uh, you're changing diapers, you're, uh, according to Rabelsky, is how you're allowed to use uh, baby wipes and shabbos. Next. Okay, hani garinin the tamri aramaisa. So you had these dates that are from Aramaisa, from the Armenian dates. Um, and basically, it was really uh, animal food. You're allowed to move it on Shabbos. Because already from Arab Shabbos, the whole fruit was, was given to animals. So since the whole fruit would be given to an animal, so the seeds as well, the garinim, they would also be given to the animal, no problem. The Persian dates, which were good, so then you eat the date, the leftover pit you would give to your animal, according to Rabbi Yehuda, this goes to Rabbi Yehuda, Usr. Well, the usher to give the pit to your animal because when Shabbos came in, this was in my human section of my, my supermarket. Good dates. So the dates, I eat it. The leftover pit that wasn't muchan before Shabbos, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's muksa. Shmuel, metatalu agav rifta. Shmuel would carry it with a piece of bread. So he was relying on, I'm sorry, he would just spit it out, the, the pits, onto his bread, but he actually wouldn't use his hands to move it. So the Gemara Shmuel Now Shmuel relied on this, and it goes according to his shita. Dharma Shmuel, we had this you know, earlier in Shabbos and in Brachos. Aisa Adam Pass. You'll have to use bread for whatever you want. Again, we had some you know, caveats, it shouldn't be a bazillion. But uh, I don't know, let's say you're, you're on your table, you want to lean on your bread. Halakha is you allowed to use your bread for whatever you want. So he, was, he would, he would uh, put this, this, the pits of the dates on his bread, and then he would move the bread and, and uh, dispose the pits. Rabbah, he would use a bucket of water. So he would throw it into his bucket, like a cup, you know, on the table for his seeds, watching his ball game, and spit it out, and he, he would, he would uh, take that... He would move it, but he wouldn't even use his hands. He would pile it up on the table. Some of you see people doing this with their uh, you know, pistachio nuts. Pile it on the table. At that point, there's another hatter there. When it becomes a graf shari, it's disgusting. On the table, a whole pile of your, your leftover seeds. So you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. A graf shari, if it becomes like a garbage bag, the same way you're allowed to use, move your garbage on Shabbos from place to place. If, it's, if it smells, it's in the way. So too, you're allowed to move the pile of, of pistachio nuts. Freight thing, hold on a second. Are you to do that? Meaning, let's say I have muksa items. I can't pile it together and say, oh wow, now it's disgusting. There's a thousand uh, shelves here. You're not allowed to do that. So that was his problem. He would, he would use his tongue and 
and spit it uh, over the table. He would throw it behind the couch. He would turn around, I guess not to do it in front of people, and the sarkon, he would throw it, he would throw it there so that the, uh, so there should not be any, uh, you know, since there was no food left, you're not allowed to use your hands, he would use his mouth, but he would turn away and spit it in front of the whole uh, table, he would turn around and do it. Okay, another paragraph here. Okay, a few more prakamers. So here we go. Kufman Gimon Beis. Chavish Shinishbras. We actually quoted this Mishnah earlier. Someone has a barrel that cracked on Shabbos. So, Matzilin Heimena Mazain Shalish Sudas. You'll have to save enough food. Let's see, it was wine here for three Sudas. Right? We had this in the halachas of Dleko when he had a fire on Shabbos. Same exact halacha. The uh, he could tell all his friends, You guys want wine? Come, there's wine, get your cups, get your bottles, and fill it up. However, let's say uh, it spilled, so you're going to get a towel. If you get a towel, you're going to wipe it up. There's a concern that you have you know, a $100 bottle of wine, now it's in your towel, you're going to squeeze it out. So you're not allowed to wipe down the wine with a towel. Again, today we, we said this on Shabbos. Most of our spills we're not going to, oh, now let me go save my Diet Coke that's on the floor. We don't think like that. You spill on the floor, it's over, right? You just, you, so typically you could use a towel because there's no concern you're going to end up squeezing anything because it's, uh, it's lichluch, it's garbage. But back in the day, I don't know, you had a nice, a nice bottle of wine, you could see why people are getting excited. Another you halacha, you cannot squeeze fruit. So you can't make you know, freshly squeezed orange juice on Shabbos, you can't do that. Vimyatsu me'atzman. If they went out on their own, meaning you have you know a little grape juice in the bottom of your uh, grape bowl on Shabbos, asurin, you're not allowed to drink it on that Shabbos because there's a gzera called mashkin shazavu that if if uh, liquids seeped out of the fruit, there's a concern that I'm going to squeeze it further on Shabbos. So it's called Mashkin Shazavu, and one is not allowed to do that on Shabbos. One is the, so we call that basically muksa. You cannot use the, the juice that squeezed that, that uh, came out on its own. If the fruit was designated for food, which means you bought it in your fruit section in your, in your supermarket. You bought, a, you bought a, a bag of grapes. You're not making grape juice on it, you know, with it. So mutter. So a little bit of juice came out. No problem, it's mutter. But if these fruits are there for schita, you bought orange juice grapes, uh, orange juice oranges, so so those leaked on, on Shabbos, you're not allowed to drink those because there's a concern. You're going to go squeeze them with your hands. Next, let's say you had a honeycomb that you, uh, you cracked it already uh, before Shabbos. And the honey oozed out on its own. Same problem, we're concerned. You're going to squeeze out more on Shabbos, so therefore you're not allowed to enjoy that honey. And we'll get to why exactly he holds this honeycomb case is, is different. Okay, so Tana. One is not allowed to wipe up the, the spill of wine. You cannot uh, anoint your hands with oil and then you're going to put it back into the oil uh, bottle. Don't do that. Because that's the way they would do it during the week. I guess that would be a normal way to return oil that was not used. You would take, put it in your hands and put it back on the, on the table, uh, onto the pitcher. Let's say a person holding, you know, his, his basket of peaches, and then it all, uh, you know, he drops it and it all rolls away. 
So halacha is malakid ayad ayad. You can only take you know one at a time or little by little vayichal. Avaloy lasecha sav lasecha kupa. You can't put them all back into one big basket. It's another problem. It looks like of the dechal. Next, ain't seichet in a saperis. You can't. Yeah, it's a drabon of the dechal. Take one at a time. So one second. So you asking a good question. How do I know? Yeah, so you're right. And therefore, all we're left with is what Chazal tells us. We don't add things. I mean, there are those places that, that throw in sometimes. Give an example. This is an interesting question. Can a person turn, let's say uh, you have a playoff game, right? Baseball playoffs is a classic Shiloh. Can you turn on the game before Shabbos? And you come home after, after you dive in, beautiful, and you sit in front of the TV and watch the game, right? Don't do anything, put a silver foil on your remote. You're not doing anything, right? So some of the places when they discuss this, obviously it's not in the spirit of Shabbos, they want to say it's over the hall. But how could you prove that it's over the hall? What's over the hall? We don't really have a textbook of what is the definition of over the hall. We see it in, in interesting places. Oh, putting oil back into a bottle, oh, that's over the hall. Gathering fruit, that's over the hall. So the place can say whatever Chazal tells us, that, that's it. You should use our seichel. I heard the I heard Rabbi Savalovsky should leave the whole, do not let a scooter. Kids should not be scootering on Shabbos. And a Shmuel first holds, no problem. So I'm saying one of them held, it's over the hall. Scootering around on Shabbos, even in a bungalow colony. And a Shmuel first said, no, why is that over the hall? That's how kids get around. That's not over the hall. So it's really a feeling, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a very good question. But we don't have a tech, we don't have a guide, the guidelines from the Gemara. Next, ain't sechetin asaperis. One is not allowed to squeeze fruit in order to to get to get juice on Shabbos. You can't go to the juice bar on Shabbos. I'm Rav Yehuda, Rav Shmuel, Ma'idehaya, Rav Yehuda, the Chachamim, Bezeisin va'anavim. Rav Yehuda agrees to the Chachamim, Bezeisin va'anavim. The Chachamim say, even if something is designed to be a food item and you not don't have any intent on squeezing it, if Something oozed out, the Chum Hod is still not allowed to enjoy that Mashkin Shazavos. So Rabbi Yehuda said, name Shmuel, that Rabbi Yehuda agrees to the Chum, and when it comes to olives and grapes, even if I bought my box of grapes from Costco and there's some juice on the bottom, I had no intent on intention of squeezing it, still by Zaysim, Vanovim, I'm not allowed to drink the, the grape juice that came out of it. My time, because huh? since they're typically used to make grape juice, Yav Date, in the back of your mind, grapes are for grape juice. No, Rabbi still disagrees when it comes to Zaysim Vanovim, that since I purchased it from Costco to eat as a grape, I didn't want to make grape juice, there's no concern, I'm going to you know, go back on what my, my intention was, and I'm going to start squeezing it. When it comes to shop Harris, when it comes to typical fruits, so then it depends. Why did you buy your orange? I bought it to eat it. So if, if, if you know, someone smashed it, something squeezed out, no problem, you'll have to drink from, from that juice. However, if you bought it to make freshly squeezed orange juice, and then some of it squeezed out, then you're not allowed to consume that on Shabbos. So that's halacha karabi de b'shaperes. Vein halacha karabi de b'zeisim anavim. We paskin even if you bought grapes or olives, and you had in mind to eat it, not to squeeze it. If any liquid came out, that liquid cannot be consumed on Shabbos, because because those two fruits we have this in hilchos brachos. They nishtano lemalusa olives. You know, it's a bari preets and olive oil. Grapes go from bari preets to bari preagafen. 
So since those two fruits are specified in the Torah to be, you know, for juice, for olive oil, that's different. Next, I'm a rabbi, I'm Rabbi Huda, Mashmul, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda agrees to Chamim by Zesimanavim that that even if you had a mind to eat it, if Mashkin Shazavu is Asr, however, Moidim Chachamim, the Rabbi Huda, the sharp hairs. But the Chum agrees to Rabbi Huda when it comes to other fruits, that when you bought an apple or an orange, even the Chum agree that as long as you had a mind just to eat it, not to squeeze it, it would not, and, and uh, some of it oozed out, it would not be a problem. So the Gemara asked the obvious question. So if they both agree to everything, I'm like Rabbi Abba, if everyone agrees, then what's the Mishnah? So what's the Machoikas? It seems like everyone's in agreement. So Amale, Rabbi Abba, responded to Rabbi Yemi, go learn, figure it out. I'll tell you what the difference is. Mistabra, what the Machoikas, with tutim, with berries, and pomegranates, that's the machlekes. That's 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 pligi. What's the machlekes there? So it's in between. Grapes and olives. Standard was used for juice. We'll call it apples and oranges, which back in the middle, it's not a good example. But your other types of fruits. So those are used for eating. So that's everybody agrees. According to so grapes and olives, even if something, uh, even if you had in mind to eat it, mashkin shazavu problem. The other types of fruit. So. Even the Chacham agree that it depends on what you had in mind. However, the Machlekes is in between. We're going to call it Tutim Verimonim, the in between types of fruits. The Tanya Mutan Abraisa. Zaysim Shema Shechmehen Shemen. You have olives that they, uh, that oil was mashach, was drawn from it. It, it, uh, it oozed out. Va'anavim Shema Shechmehen Yayin. You have grapes that wine came out of it. Vichnisan. And you gathered it. You bought it from the store. So, Bein La'aycha, Bein La'mash, whether you bought it to eat, you want to make juice, whatever comes out of it is Asr on Shabbos. This is called Mashkin Shazavu. There's a Xero that you might end up squeezing more on Shabbos. If you have berries that that uh, some juice came out of it, remind him or remind him that wine. So, halacha we always call uh, the, the fruit juice Yayin. Yayin remind him is pomegranate juice. It's fermented, so it takes time, but you'll have the alcohol there. But either way, it means that the pomegranate juice came out of the pomegranate. And you brought it in for food, not to, not to squeeze it. So then, you know, someone dropped it, and some juice came out. Whatever comes out of it is mutter. What if I brought it in to make pomegranate juice? Villa or I didn't think about it. I don't know, I saw a good price. I was at a farmer's market, they had pomegranates. I bought some. I didn't think about what, I, what I'm doing with it. Then, whatever comes out of it is Asr. Divre Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda holds that when it comes to tutim verimainim, it depends on my machshava. If I wanted it for food, anything that oozed out is still fine. If I wanted it for drink, or I wasn't sure, then it'll be machmer. The chachamim they're machmer across the board. Bein la'echalin, bein la'mashkin, hayotzim hen aser. Whether you want to use it for food or you want to use it for drink, so this in-between category called tutim v'rimaynim is going to be aser. So that is the machlekes. The whole machlekes between Rabbi Yehud and the is talking about this in-between category called uh, called tutim v'rimaynim. According to Rabbi Yehuda. That's when it depends on your das. If you thought, I'm eating it as a fruit, mashkin shazav was mutter. If you had a mind to squeeze it or you didn't think about it, aser, chamseh, across the board, it will be aser. Okay, so the Gemara goes on a, uh, 
a longer conversation here, a longer discussion, so we're just going to save it for tomorrow. We'll get a little bit more into fruits and vegetables. We'll actually talk about making Kiddush and Schnapps. It actually comes out tomorrow's day. If you can make Kiddush and Schnapps, Shabbos morning, Samir Tashem, tomorrow.